You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Is no credentials required covering sports around the mighty 518. Part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. Here is your host, Ryan McCarthy. Oh, take these off. And that's that. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another edition of. Let me just see if I'm muted. Nope, I'm not. My name is Ryan McCarthy. I'm your host of No Credentials Required Friday Happy Hour presented by Belly Up Sports, an association locally in the 518 area with Godzilla Media. Before we get into tonight's episode, just want to remind you to go on our social handles right here below on Twitter and Instagram. It's BellyUpNCR, Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR, on YouTube, No Credentials Required. If you're listening on the podcast side, give a listen, subscribe, like, and share on any podcast platform, including Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podchaser. And if you go so kind of leave us leave the show a review, I'd appreciate it. And on YouTube side, again, same thing. Subscribe, hit the notifications bell. That way you know if clips from the show come up or if uh, if if no credentials required Friday happy hour goes live. So that being said, let's get into our beer of the week. Uh, I just want to give you the topics for tonight. We're talking about the uh, the most recent 30 for 30 from ESPN about the New York the 86 Mets called What's Upon a Time in Queens. Talking about some teams who, I guess in the 80s, I'm, I'm, old enough, I'm old enough to remember the 86 Mets. I was about nine years old when they won the World Series title. But I also thought about some, I also thought about some, uh, some teams from the 80s, kind of thinking back to my memory, which teams they only won one title and could have won more, but didn't. So I got, got that my memory bank. And if you're if you're watching out there, if you want to comment, leave a comment, whether you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Periscope. Leave a comment. Uh, and some of us are some of my audience isn't old enough to remember the 86 Mets. Some of them know about other teams that kind of uh, were star-crossed after their first and only title. And just didn't quite make it to their next title. So, so let me. If you're in the comment section, we'll talk about that some more. I'll do so. I'm going to talk about a radical idea I have for Major League Baseball, uh, spurring off from uh, the most recent episode of Gaz on the Go on Godzilla Media. So, want to check him out? Uh, go right ahead and please do so. And we're also going to go through my week one. Uh, I'm sorry, week two NFL picks because week two is coming up and. 
We already started it last night with the Giants and the and the red team. <laughs> Almost got in trouble there. The Giants and the red team and the Washington red team comes up with a one point win at the buzzer at the death, basically. And I just want to address that a little bit. So do my week two picks after and then we'll uh, we'll let me, let me we'll try to fill, kill some time with some other uh, comments. So go ahead and start my beer of the week. And I have Cape Cod beer Pilsner. Now you're wondering to yourself, Ryan, we don't have this area. You can't get Cape Cod beer in this area. I know. <laughs> I know. And I like I this from a, I had a bet with a friend of mine, uh, Russell, uh, Russell, who was uh, shout out to him. Uh, who's in 518 area. He's in the, uh, he's in Russell's deli in Boston spa. There's your free put. Po- there's your free plug there, Russell. <laughs> uh, I bet he's been in a deli. He's, his deli has been around for about eight, actually no, about, thir- about 13 years. I've been a customer of his and whenever I'd stop by and, and uh, we, we talk sports. He'd have sports posters on the wall at his deli and he's a big Yankees fan. He's a big Rangers fan. For some reason, he's a Minnesota Vikings fan. I can't figure that out for the life of me. So, but he's got stuff. He's got memorabilia, sports memorabilia on his walls. He's got John Bon Jovi's stuff. He's got Bruce Springsteen stuff, and I'm not a big fan of Bruce Springsteen, but for myriad of reasons. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm, yeah, we we we're 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 friends enough that we we do we've made bets with each other. And this year, last year, we made a bet. Uh, because I'm a Devils fan, New Jersey Devils fan. He's a New York Rangers fan. Uh, Putting put our, our first round rookies together and to see who had the most points. And last year, Capo Caco had the most points of the, uh, between huge. Actually, they they had they tied in points, but we counted plus minus as part of the criteria for the tiebreaker. And he won. The, Russell won the tiebreaker, so I got him a six pack of of the of the pinstripe pills from Blue Point Brewing. And this year, we continued our bet. Jack Hughes wound up winning that race with 31 points, took 17 by Capo Caco. And I said, hey, we never, you never paid up my bet. And he's got a rental out in Cape Cod. So I said, hey, can you get me some Cape Cod beer while they're out there? He's like, yeah, absolutely. So I got the Cape Cod Pilsner from Cape Cod Beer. I got the Bohemian Pilsner. I'm going to enjoy this with my fellow co-host, of course, the Mason Jar. So let's crack one open. All right, folks, that's the sound of the weekend. If you're more of a wine person, it's usually a cork bottle being cork bottle being opened. If you're a soda person, it's that it's like as well or unscrewing of the bottle. And if you're into water, no, well, just get it from the tap. <laughs> All right. Cheers, folks. Been a long week back. Regular five day week. Interesting week, but here we are. Cheers, everyone. Mm, it's a solid pilsner. Drink ice cold as they do, as they do, <laughs> as you do. All right. Before we get into everything with, before we talk about the uh, thirty most recent thirty for thirty from ESPN, Once Upon a Time in Brooklyn, just want to read you. Uh, just want to give you a quick word from one of our sponsors. Uh, Godzilla Media, and that is Mohawk Honda. The current supply and demand challenges within the auto industry makes this a perfect time for you to get your top to get top dollar for your vehicle. Right now at Mohawk Honda, you can take advantage of the Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer. It will put cash in your hand for your vehicle the same day you come in, even if you don't buy from them. It's a pretty sweet deal, especially for all those recent college grads or student in need of a new ride or some extra cash. Mohawk Hondas consistently kept their lot fully stocked with hundreds of pre-owned vehicles. Their large inventory makes shopping fun as you browse through the many makes and models to choose from. You can also check out their full selection online at mohawkhonda.com. Stop in and say hi to Greg Johnson, the assistant general manager, Jake, Hot Sauce, Doyle, Louie, the VIP man Morales, or one of the many helpful sales consultants here at, at, at Mohawk Honda. You can also say to, hey, say hey to my pers- my salesman, Evan Zuelan, the Z-Man, Z-Money. You can also say hi to him. Uh, I, I, he was my sales, he was my salesman when I was the was my sales consultant, excuse me, <laughs> when uh, we when I got my 
my 2016 Honda HRV last March. He's very helpful and helped me select the right vehicle for me. As a vast selection of Honda pre-certified pre-owned vehicles, so now is the time to take advantage of the Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer. Mohawk, Honda, and Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. All right. So let's get into this episode. Talking about Once Upon a Time in Queens. Another, another 30 for 30 from ESPN. And it was kind of a similar, it was a four-part series. It was similar, I mean, the four-part docuseries. Kind of not similar to The Last Dance, where it basically revolved around Michael Jordan. Uh, but this was about, I mean, it had a few main characters. Main characters being uh, Keith Hernandez was one of the main characters. Mookie Wilson, Daryl Strawberry, Dwight Gooden. I uh, can't remember his name for the life of me. Kevin Mitchell, Kevin Mitchell, Lenny Dykstra, uh, Demi Johnson, those guys from the 1986 World Series. It went around them. I'll take it in the payment. Watch it. Yeah, I recommend you watch it. It's, it's on ESPN Plus. If you have a ESPN Plus subscription or if you have on demand, if you have cable, you can watch it on on demand, I suspect. Uh, but but I remember so much from that team. Um so part one basically starts from the beginning, from the beginning of the franchise when both the Dodgers and the Giants moved out to California. You can have them. <laughs> um, and they both moved out to California. Uh, the Dodgers went to Los Angeles and the Giants went to San Francisco, respectively. Fun fact about the San Francisco Giants, if you didn't know, they had their roots in Troy, New York. Look it up. Uh, but it starts from the beginning when the Mets franchise was born, uh, basically out of, out of necessity, and it was necessity for National League baseball in New York because both the Dodgers and the Giants were National League franchises. Yankees, crosstown Yankees, were the American League stars of the of the the American League stars. You had your Mickey Mantles, you had your Whitey Fords, Roger Maris's. Barras. The Mets were kind of a bunch of nobodies for the first couple of years, except, except for their manager, uh, Casey Stengel. He was basically the star of that team. But then the Mets started to put in the right pieces. In 1969, they won their first World Series, and it was on the backs of uh, Tom Seaver, Nolan Ryan. He was part of the team when they won, and I think, they, I think it was in the 69 team, if not mistaken. Uh, Jerry Kuzman. A bunch of those guys, and they went up win the World Series in 1969, and it was a, kind of an elation. It was, a, it was a bit of an elation for in that mood in that time. And then the 70s came, 70s came along, and they went back to the World Series in '73, lost in seven to Oakland, who was just a juggernaut back then. Uh, Raleigh Fingers, Reggie Jackson, Fight of Blue, all those players from that, from that, from those, uh, from those. Oakland Athletics teams, who originally started in Philadelphia, FYI. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it's they went to the seventies and all the bad times. Went to the seventies and they had the, the the Monday massacre when Tom Seaver was traded to the to the uh, Cincinnati Reds, and they brought him back in the and they brought him back in the eighty three season, if I'm not mistaken. They brought him back in eighty three. Come home coming home and that was kind of when the Mets started to turn things around. They hired they hired uh, uh Cashman who was their GM. He was the GM and it was the G, general manager in Baltimore uh, and Davey Johnson said I want the job. I want the manager's job. And he took the manager's job and things kind of steamrolled from there. They they brought in Keith Hernandez. They brought in they drafted Lee Mazzilli, brought him up from the minors. They trade for Gary. They got Gary, trade for Gary Carter, and those two guys were basically the, the the two pillars. They were the two linchpins for what started to set off. What started for the the to, thanks for set off for the Mets, and then eighty three comes along. Daryl Strawberry, he was a number one draft pick a few years earlier. He gets brought up from the minors. Has kind of a struggle, struggle at, struggles at first, then wins, wins rookie of the year. Eighty four, Davey Johnson says, "I need, I need Dwight Gooden in my lineup." So part two is, so part one is basically from 
is from 62 to 69 to the late 70s to when they bring back Tom Seaver to when they trade for Keith Hernandez to when they trade for Gary Carter. And that kind of gets the ball, that kind of gets the sage set. Then you got the 83 season with Daryl Strawberry having his rookie of the year, 84, Dwight Gooden. And then starts the dominant period. They bring up Mookie Wilson. Kevin Mitchell joins the lineup in 80, 86. Lenny Dykstra joins the lineup in 85. He becomes a part of the team in 85. Then they kind of bring the right pe- other pieces in between. Uh, they jettison a couple other pieces. They bring in George Foster, which was kind of a mixed feelings about the experiment, but we'll get into that in just a moment, couple, couple minutes. So part two talks about 85, 83, 84, and 85, which sets the stage for 80 for 1986, which is in part three. Part three talks about the entire 86 season, how they're, they were just so dominant. And the weird thing about it is that even though the 19, the 1986 New York Mets were, were dominant, I just want to look up something real quick in just a second. Even though the Mets had, they had the most dominant, they had the most dominant run in that season. They won 108 games. They won a division by 21 and a half games. They were still, they didn't have home, home field advantage in, uh, in the national league, the national league championship series. So they meet Mike. They meet meet the Astros, and the, the, at this time the Mets have two rivalries. They have the Cardinals in the East. They were their primary rival, and they wound up finishing twenty eight and a half games behind the, the Mets. And you had the Houston Astros. The Astros back then they were they were an interesting team uh, with uh, um, Nolan Ryan and Mike Scott as your one two punch. Both had really good seasons. They, uh, I think Mike Scott won the Cy Young in '86. Um, I was called Mike Scuff, but we'll get into that in just a second. <laughs> um, at Bass, they had uh, Billy Hatcher. Uh, they had a lot of. They were they could they could they could they could play they could ball, and Scott gets the win in week game one, one nothing win. Mets game win game two. Astros win game three. Mets win games four, five, and six. And game six was, I think I remember a little bit from that that that, that uh, series and that, and that game. I remember coming home from school. The game had just basically started. And by the time I went to bed, the game was still going on. The game, went, I think, I think 16 or 16 or 15 or 16 innings. And it was a crazy game back and forth. You know, the Mets rallied from 3-0 down in the ninth. Take the lead in the take the lead in the take the lead in the in the eleventh. Astros tie it up, and then the Mets score three. The Mets scored three in the top of the sixteenth and allowed two, but uh, Jesse Roscoe got the last th- last two outs, the last outs uh, to get that win for the Mets. And they focus in game four, yeah, part four, and then they have the plane ride back. Oh my goodness. Excuse me, real quick. Let me take a little sip of my beer. Um, but then they talked about the plane ride back, and the answers you got about how how much the New York Mets owed United Airlines varied because they caused so much damage to that airplane. One guy said, "Oh, they caused five thousand dollars damages." No, they cost ten thousand. No, twenty five thousand. This number kept rising. I think Daryl Strawberry said ten thousand, a hundred thousand dollars in damages to one of their airplanes. And Dewey Johnson walks in. The the, the and the Mets management wanted them to pay, wanted the players to pay for the damages. And then Dewey Johnson goes to the locker room, goes, "Hey, I know you want, I know you want, uh, I know that management wants you to pay for the damages for this airplane." But then he rips up the invoice and says, "Screw them! We're going to the world, win the World Series," <laughs> and the players go nuts. So game. Uh, uh, Part four focuses on the 86 World Series. Boston takes the first two games. By that time, the Mets are just absolutely whipped from that series against Houston. And they lose the first two games. Absolutely just battered, battered. Every guy, every pitcher struggled. 
Dwight Gooden didn't have it quite have it uh, in excuse me in eighty six like he did in eighty five. So you know, Mets go into Boston. They they take two out of three there. They got Game Six at home, and actually Part Four starts with where Mets fans and Boston Red Sox fans were during Game Six. One people people were saying, "I'm I'm at." I'm at a restaurant. There's a lady who said, I was at a restaurant with my parents. My dad brought a transistor radio with him. Uh, one guy says, I was, I was at the Met, I was at the Metropolitan, uh, going to see an opera. And I kept score, I kept score there with a Mets fan. Uh, Mets fans were, yeah, it's, it, it was crazy. I mean, just, I was, it was my one guy said, my friends had journey tickets at the Meadowlands. It's like, journey. <laughs> Like, would you rather go see Journey at the Meadowlands or watch the or go to the to Shea Stadium and watch Game Six of the World Series? Come on, come on. But no, it went through the whole rigmarole of Game Six, and then talk about Game Seven and how the Mets basically just absolutely killed any momentum the Red Sox had uh, in 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 Game Seven, and absolutely just. Tore it up. So I think uh, Mets win in, Mets win in seven in the parade. There's a really sad story that Dwight Gooden tells about how where he was after the game. You have to watch it for yourself, but it's just super sad story. And he's like, "Oh, I regret this. I regret this." And it's about Bobby Ojeda and Keith Hernandez being late to the parade, tape parade. Um, then it tells about what happens afterwards, and that's where I'm gonna get kind of get into uh, here. In that, when I think of some of the great teams of the 1980s, I'm watching growing up. Uh, we had the dynasties. We had the Lakers and the NBA. We had uh, we had Edmonton Oilers in the NHL, San Francisco 49ers in the NFL, to a lesser extent the New York Giants, because of how many times they went to the playoffs, the Chicago Bears. You know, I, I think about some of these teams that could have gone on great runs in the 1980s, and they just couldn't get it together for some reason. The Mets were one of those teams. The, 1980, the late 1980s Mets were one of those teams. They, they finished they finished the second place in 85, the National League East. They blow away the National League East in the 86 season. They come up short in 87. 88, they go to the NLCS, they get beat by the Dodgers in seven. 89, that's when things start to kind of fall apart. Um, yeah, it's 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 funny, like about the some of the players who were from the 86 team that got some of the they got traded or they got released or um, they were tired. Uh, Ray Knight, I think he left the team because they were only willing to give him a five thousand dollar raise for one more season. And he's like, no, I don't want to. I want to finish my career here. They traded Kevin Mitchell and a bunch of prospects to the Padres for Kevin McDowell. They trade Lenny Dykstra to the Phillies. I mean, trading to a crosstown to a divisional rival is you, you, you know it's it's weird how things work out. So this kind of got me thinking this afternoon about some of the great teams that could have gone on, on these kind of runs, but missed out. Uh, one of them was certainly the 85 Bears. Yeah, they have 30 for 30 on them. ESPN. Uh, ESPN 30 for 30 has a, a documentary about the 85 Bears. And Richard Dent said, well, yeah, we could have won. If everybody stayed healthy and nobody grew a big, and, and everybody kept their egos in check, and everybody, nobody was jealous of each other, we would have won two, maybe three Super Bowls in a row. I don't doubt that. Because that Bears team, those bear that those Bears that Bear team of '85 was unbelievable. Uh, we're watching the first Super Bowl I lived when we lived in New York uh, back in 1986. Funny, it's from the Mets World War Series, and how they just dominated the Patriots that game. Um, they blew them out of the water. Absolutely blew the Patriots out of the water. And that team I, again, I, I agree with Richard Dent. And that they could have won two, three, maybe four Super Bowls in a row had everybody had Jim McMahon that got hurt in 86 by Harvey Martin or by, uh, by uh, that could be a Harvey Martin. Can't remember. Um, 87, the strike. 
88, I think they got to the NFC Championship game and lost to the 49ers. It was 89. So 88 or 89, I can't remember which year, but they got to the, they got to the NFC Championship and they got shut out by the 49ers. So, but yeah, they, they, that's one franchise that could have won multiple championships besides the 86 Mets, the 85 Bears. Uh, I think the 86 Celtics, I know they had won, they had won one, a, a title earlier, a couple of years early in 84 when they beat the Lakers in seven, and then we beat the Rockets in six. And that team had, I think, six Hall of Famers on that team, 86. And they were one of the considered one of the greatest, that was one of the greatest regular season runs of all time. And I think they lost only they lost only 15 games that season. But they had Larry Bird, they had Dennis Johnson, they had Ken McHale, Robert Parrish. Bill Walton. I think Danny, if I'm not mistaken, Jenny, is Danny Ainge in the Hall of Fame? If you're watching out there, if he's in the Hall, I think it's in the Hall of Fame. Um, and they had, I think they have one or two guys who are com- potential coaching Hall of Famers. Uh, Rick Carlisle uh, certainly is in the conversation. I think he won the title with the, uh, he won a couple of titles with the Celtics as a player with the Celtics, but then he won one as a coach with the Dallas Mavericks. And you know he's you know he could one day be considered a Hall of Famer for for coaching and for his contribution as a player. Uh, he was in those teams back in the '80s. So, um, but certainly, I mean, if we go into the '90s, the Buffalo Bills, four time, four straight times going to the Super Bowl and lost all four times. <laughs> you know, it's no small achievement to go back to the back to the pinnacle four years in a row and come up short. Uh, in the 19 late nineties, late eighties, early nineties, the Oakland days, Jose Canseco, Mark, Mark McGuire, Dave Stewart, Terry Steinbeck, um, Lansford, uh, Carney Lansford, a bunch of those guys. I mean, the, the Minnesota twins, you could, you could argue, they won two world series titles four years apart, but five seasons apart, seasons apart, but they're considered in the conversation. Kirby Puckett, Kent Herbeck, um, Greg Gagne, Jack Morris, one who won the 91 World Series MVP, pitched, I think, two shutout games in that series. Atlanta Braves, definitely in the conversation, especially in the 90s. They won 14 consecutive, 14 consecutive American, 14 or 14 or 13 consecutive American League East, National League East titles. Won a couple World Series, won only one World Series in 95. Montreal Expos, for sure. Larry Walker, Pedro Martinez, Moises Alou, um, Marquise Grissom, Delano Shields. those guys, that, that team could have won the World Series in 94. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers in the early 90s, or the mid-90s, they had some pretty dominant teams. Um Certainly, Philadelphia Eagles in the late in the early in the early two thousands. I mean, the list goes on and on. If you're watching out there, you can think of some teams that could have gone on some of these championship runs, won only but only one, one only one title or championship during that stretch. You know, leave a comment uh, whether you're watching here or you're listening on Unhinged Radio later, or you're wa- or listening on the, the podcast. Leave a comment on um, on Facebook. Or on our social all social media handles. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see how many these teams, how many teams could have won multiple times. Philadelphia Philadelphia Flyers, nineties early nineteen nineties early two thousand late nineties early two thousands Philadelphia Flyers with Eric Lindros, Eric Desjardins, John McCle- John Leclair, uh, those guys. Uh, Ron Hextall in the pipes, Brian Boucher in the pipes, um, certainly could have won a Stanley Cup in Philadelphia. Uh, they would have burned the place down. But considering Philadelphia's checkered at best history with t- winning titles, it's it's you know the, the Phillies, the Eagles, the Flyers, and the 76ers, I think they've won one collective, no, two collective titles in the last 20 years, uh, championship-wise. Uh, between the Phillies and uh, the Eagles. 
So we're going to move on from this topic. We're going to go over to, speaking of National League, Major League Baseball. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonics Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at FindRealRelief.com. That's FindRealRelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to FindRealRelief.com. We're going to talk about Major League Baseball for a little bit. So... I was listening to my buddy uh, Tom Gaz, Tom Gazlowski, Gaz from Gazilla Media. I was listening to his uh, getting, uh, not getting with Gaz, but getting uh, Gaz on the go. And what he does is that he does a solo show every, it's released every Thursday. He records it on Wednesday night. And what he does, he talks about, this is basically what I do without drinking the beer and going online <laughs> and, and going live is that he talks about some of the big national news of the week. And this today he talked about the ugh. this week he, this week he talked about how one game wild card has kind of lost its kind of lost its touch, and I don't disagree with him because last year's playoff, last year's major league playoffs were was some of the best baseball I've ever watched when they had a uh, when they had the bubble. And they started off with they had eight teams automatically qualify for the playoffs, and they had three game series in different ballparks. And if you won the three game series, you advance to the bubble. Depending on where you would go, I think the American, if I remember correctly, the American League went to San Diego, and the National League went to either Globe Life Park or Minute Maid Park. If I'm not mistaken, as that was one of those Texas stadiums, but but they had. Five game series there, and then whoever advanced to those series would go to the championship series bubble. Then from there, they had the World Series bubble. I enjoyed those playoffs, even though my Yankees didn't um, had ran to the freaking Rays again. God, I can't. Ugh. They're my. They're my. <laughs> the Tampa Tampa Bay Rays are my. They're they're the white whale of the Yankees. I think the entire. The entire AL East this season has been the white whale for the Yankees, but but even though the Yankees didn't make it to the World Series, you had the Championship Series. The Rays go up three nil. Houston comes back with Dusty, Dusty Baker as their manager. They came back, but then Tampa wins the World. Tampa wins the ALCS and they go to the World Series. They lose in six to the Dodgers. But let's kind of give me an idea. Stemming from that conversation that he had, and I, I'm with Gaz on this because he, he mentioned something about this. I'll give him credit for saying this: the Dodgers are going to win 100 games this year. They're going to finish second place in their division, unless some sort of miracle happens and they come back and they uh, they wind up winning the NL West. But they're going to win 100 games this year, finish in second place in the West, and have they have to have it come down to a one game playoff. And they could potentially miss out on the playoffs. So I agree with him there that the wild cards kind of lost its, it's kind of lost its luster in terms of the appeal. And I get it it's for it's for the big commercials, it's big for the ads, big for ad revenue. Yeah, whatever, big deal there. But it's just kind of like you want to see the you you want to see the best teams advance. You want to see the best teams go to the playoffs. You want to see if they can go on a run. You want to see if they can get knocked off by an underdog. We haven't had too many underdogs in the in in baseball these days, but I mean, you can say the Rays, but that's more small market, and they're depending on the small ball and good pitching to uh, uh, to get to where they are. This kind of got me thinking 
And I know the national, I know Major League Baseball is very, very slow to change, extremely slow to change. But hear me out, Major League Baseball. Hear me out, Rob Manfred. I know you're an unpopular guy with the fans and the players, but hear me out on this. Here's my idea. Instead of having a 162-game season, you shorten it. You shorten it to 150 games. You have three. You basically have three uh, three series of 50 where you play uh, You play your games against the your division rivals. You play your games against the, the, the leagues, and you have your interleague, interleague rivalries go on. So you have 50 games, you know, separate into three separate seasons. Do a first, do a, 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 a winner, overall winner in the first third, overall winner in the second third, overall winner in the third, third part of the season. So whoever wins those gets automatic bids to the playoffs. Then you have five extra spots and whoever finishes with the best record in those spots in those uh, among those uh, the three 50 game 50 game races I guess you could say they earn their spots so you have and you see every team one through eight you play a three game series in the first round like you did last season then you play a five game series in the second round like you do in the in the in the, in the league division series and then you play your two series your championship series your league championship series in seven games then you have your world series because it, it just it builds it because the 150 game series builds more excitement if you have tw- yeah you're gonna have 12 less games in your in your in your you're gonna have 12 less games to to worry about in terms of wear and tear for your players and yeah you're not, you're gonna lose six games of of home box revenue but who cares you're getting you're getting money from all sorts of sources for for television revenue. And also, by the way, get rid of the blackout rule, please. Blackout rules antiquated with the internet. With the with the age of the internet, the, the blackout rules antiquated. Don't blackout markets. Stop it. <laughs> but but here's my that's my radical new idea. Is the radical idea is to have your season split into 50 games apiece. You have those 50 games played, take a break in the middle. If another 50, 50 games played, take another break in the middle. Then the last 50, that's where it really counts. And you have your all-star game in the middle of the season, July, and the second week of July. Yeah, we have that too. Um, but I think it makes for a more of a more exciting playoff scenario, especially when you get to the last, especially when you get to the last 15 games. That's when the race really begins for the last five playoff spots, because you have your two, your, your three winners already getting automatic bids for the fifty games, for the fifty game seasons, and then you just fill those last eight spots in. You play your, your play rounds the, the the best of three in the preliminaries. Then you have your divisional series in five games. Then you have your championship series in seven. Then you have your world series in seven. I think that makes for exciting baseball. I think it makes it fun. I think it, make, it makes the whole, it makes it more fun. It makes it matter because 162 games. I don't know if you know, it's a slog. <laughs> Same with 82 game seasons in the NHL and the NBA. They can be a bit of a drag and the games don't count particularly early. When teams get off to a slow start, they'll start heating up and the right teams will, you know, the, the teams that you expect to go to the playoffs are going to playoffs. But this kind of, I think, even the level, I think even the playing field a little bit for every single team because you never know who's going to go to the go to the playoffs next. You don't know who's going to go to the playoffs. I mean, last year we saw four. I'm not mistaken, four AL East teams go to the go to the playing round, the the preliminaries. Miami Marlins went to a preliminary round <laughs> to the first round. They went to the eight. The, they ended up getting swept, but uh, Cincinnati Reds, they went to the playoffs for the first time in God knows how long. So I, I think, I think having a shortened season with an expanded playoff race gives, it, it gets the fans excited. And I know major league baseball, you're slow to change You're you drag your feet in the mud whenever it comes to, whenever it comes to change. But trust me, you're going to like this idea. And I am for hire. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a quick word from 
our sponsor. We're going to take a quick word from Manscaped uh, for Belly Up, and we'll be back in just a quick second. What's going on, sports fans? This is Dan made of the MD's Fantasy Football Podcast, and I'm here to talk to you about Manscaped, where they want to let you know that the summer is here, but are you ready to unveil your beach bod? You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Compliment your dad bod or six-pack with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas, so join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for a hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY today. All right, folks, welcome back to Friday happy hour, no credentials required Friday happy hour. Let's get into the final segment of the evening, which is going to be NFL week two picks. And before we get into the picks, I just want to have a little caveat here and talk about the New York Giants real quick. Now, people, including Giants fans, put last night's loss squarely in the shoulders of Daniel Jones. No. No. Um, and there's a lot of concern about Daniel Jones and about how, oh, he's considered a first round bust and he works too many turnovers and this and that. I'm like, okay, I think Daniel Jones is getting the Sam Donald treatment. He's going to be on his way out after the next season because based on the fact that he has no help outside of Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley. When Saquon, when Saquon Barkley is healthy, he's effective. He makes the Giants better. When he's not in the lineup, like we saw last season, Daniel Jones, the talent around Daniel Jones is not that great. <laughs> it's not that great. Yeah, they picked up Kenny Holiday, uh, Kenny Galladay, as a free agent from the Lions this past offseason, but that, but it doesn't help Daniel Jones at all. And they have Evan Ingram at tight end, but last night there were some drop balls that could have not been drop balls, uh, passes. There were short touchdowns, and Slayton had an awful, awful miss. Awful miss. Dropped the ball as he's going to the end zone. And what's unfair is that all these losses are going to be on Danny Jones's, uh, Daniel Jones's shoulders specifically. And it's not all his fault. He played, he played a decent game, had 95 rushing yards uh, and a touchdown. But... The Giants, and specifically, I put the I put the onus on uh, Gettleman, the GM, specifically for not surrounding Daniel Jones with talent. This is what the problem was with the Jets when they had Sam Darnold, who was a really good quarterback, and well, I consider a really good quarterback, and could have changed the Jets for the better. They didn't give him any any receivers around him. Um, they couldn't put a line in front of him to protect them. Uh, Mike McCagden couldn't do that. Neither could Joe Douglas, so to speak. But but this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a, he's gonna get the Sam Daniel Jones is gonna get the Sam Donald treatment, which 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 stinks, which stinks because I think the, the the Giants have a Daniel Jones is not a bad is not a terrible quarterback. There's some things he needs to work on, but I think that's square. I think that's part of the fact is that the Giants haven't put any talent around him. They haven't surrounded him with any uh, enough talent at receiver specifically, and they haven't put a line in front of him to protect him. So you'll see him more times. You'll see him on the ground so much like Carson Wentz was last year. He'll just start to he'll start to grow. He'll start to grow weeds. And you can't. You, and I think this season's basically going to be the judgment season for for Jones. And I think once the Giants find a quarterback in the draft, they're going to draft him. Or. And they try to put they, they try to dangle some money in front of a wide receiver. I don't know if they were ever in the ever in contention to get Julio Jones. I doubt it. Giants don't have enough to get to the playoffs, let alone stuff a Super Bowl. So this is on this is on uh, this is on their this is on their management. Not so much on the play, not so much on the coach, Joe Judge. Not so much on the Daniel on Daniel Jones. This is, this is on specifically management for not putting in front giving. Daniel Jones giving a, a supposedly franchise quarterback, supposed franchise quarterback, a chance to succeed. So, and it's gonna suck. It sucks. And Daniel Jones is probably gonna be clip, holding a clipboard somewhere, be traded in next next season, 
um, and be holding clipboard somewhere for the rest of his life, for the rest of his career. So sad, sad. All right, let's get to the picks. Cincinnati at Chicago. One, these are all in the first. These first games are all one p.m. starts. So until I get to the four o five games. So Cincinnati at Chicago. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more Justin Fields in this game. So I'm going to give the. I'm going to say Chicago wins twenty four twenty one. Bengals played pretty well last week. They get the win in overtime with just enough time to kick a field goal. But I think Chicago is going to have, they're going to have a bounce back game. This is their bounce back game. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone. So I'm going to say Chicago 24, Cincinnati 21. Houston at Cleveland. It's Cleveland's home opener after that, after that dud they had in week one. Houston's coming off. Houston's no longer going to be 0-17 like I thought they were. Played a lot better than I thought they would against Jacksonville. Want to beating the brakes off them, but this is Cleveland, and I think I, Cleveland was my Super Bowl pick for the AFC. I gotta stick with them, so I'm gonna say Cleveland 31, Houston 17. Rams at Colts. I'm going Rams. Rams looked at, uh, very impressive last week with uh, Matt Stafford at quarterback. Looks very very impressive. I think they'll. I they I predict them to go to the, national, the NFC Championship game. Um, I think Tampa's going to take the, the conference, but I have uh, the Rams play exceptionally well on offense. They play really good defense, really tough defense. But yeah, and then they're traveling to Indianapolis, who had a couple of hiccups last week. But I think the Rams take this game. They take it twenty-eight to sixteen. Buffalo at Miami. That is going to be. Uh, Bills need to find a way to bounce back. They had a letdown. La- they had a bit of a clunker last week against Pittsburgh. A uh, couple mistakes on special teams. Miami, their defense hung in tough against the Patriots. They went up stripping the ball. They they played bend not break defense against against the Patriots against Mac Jones, and they did enough to not lose the game for the for the Dolphins. And this is gonna I think it's gonna be my upset pick of the week, but I'm gonna say Miami wins this game. I think Miami's gonna beat Buffalo. I think Miami. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be one the, another one of those slugouts where it's going to be a low-scoring game. But I think uh, Miami takes this game uh, seventeen to fourteen. And I got the Patriots at my New York Jets. Here's the key to the game for the Jets: protect, protect, uh, protect Zach Wilson. Give him time to throw. Let him do some magic because he almost. Yeah, slow start in the first half last week in Carolina. As did the rest of the team. And they fell behind early, rallied back, and could have won that game. But they just they had trouble protecting Zach Wilson. He's hurried a lot, made some errant throws when he didn't have to. He had threw an interception, but also threw two touchdowns. So, you know, but they got and I think part of the other thing is that you got to control the ball. You got to get the run game going. A little bit more. They can control, they gotta control the clock. They can keep Mac Jones off the field. So uh, it pains me to say it, but I think the Patriots continue their winning streak over the Jets, but it's going to be closer than people think. I think Patriots will take this one 20 to 17. Hurts my heart a little bit. Hurts my heart a little bit. That's not just heartburn, but <laughs> it hurts my heart just a little bit to say that. I'm hoping this, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I want, I need to see the Jets win a game. Uh, especially against the Patriots, but it's going to be, I'm just going to say this to every Patriots fan out there. Life Stadium is going to be loud. It's going to be loud. Uh, I think it be really loud for the first time since the 2019 opener against the Bills when they almost won that game. Uh, but that crowd's going to be loud. It's going to be noisy. It's going to be, it's going to be something. 
it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a loud game. Uh, I think that that'll that'll help give the twelve be the twelfth man for the Jets right there is gonna for the Jets defense is gonna be it's gonna be the crowd. But I still think the Patriots take this one. 49ers at Eagles. Uh, Eagles were this a really su- very surprising. Thing. I think I picked them last week. Uh, I think I picked the 49ers last week too. One and O teams. This is going to be a shootout. This is going to be another shootout uh, that the 49ers are going to get themselves into. Philadelphia took control of their game against Atlanta early and wound up just flying away with the victory. No pun intended. Uh, but um, I, it's going to be another shootout at the at the at the link. Um. I think the, I think Jalen Hurts is coming into his own as quarterback. Um, I got him on my fantasy teams. I'm <laughs> not going to lie there. Um, he's got some. He's creating some ha- havoc. Um, but I think San Francisco's forty. I think San Francisco's defense is going to be the San Francisco's defense is going to be the the X factor in this game. I think they'll make Hurts hurry up a lot, especially the defensive line, the front seven. They're going to make. They're going to run. Jalen Hurts ragged. I think they're going to force him to make mistakes. I think San Francisco wins this game 38 to 33. Raiders at Steelers. And both teams came with victories last week. Pittsburgh had a tougher time with had a tough time with tougher time with Buffalo. And the Raiders had to come back to win their game. Uh, they were down 14-0 and they wound up winning the game in overtime. On uh, Peyton, it was Monday night with Peyton, Peyton and Eli. Which, by the way, um, I have an article up on BellyUpSports.com. Uh, you can check that out. I did a review of the first ever Manning broadcast, which was fun. Spoiler alert: it was fun. Um, but this game is going to be a Sunday afternoon game. Um, Raiders at Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's defense is going to is going to give the Raiders a lot of trouble. I think Pittsburgh. Pulls away at the end. It's going to be a close game, but I think Pittsburgh's going to pull away in the end, pull away towards the end. I'm going to say Steelers 21, Raiders 17. New Orleans at Carolina. I think it's going to be another potential for a shootout game. Carolina's, de- Carolina's defense is tough. So is the de- since, de- since defense, but um, James Winston had those five foot five touchdowns last week. Sam Darnold had a pretty okay game against the Jets. Through an interception, through a touchdown, through a long bomb touchdown pass to his to uh, Robbie Anderson, I think this is going to be another potential for a shootout game. Granted, their defenses are good, but it's going to be coming down to the quarterbacks. I think Jameis Winston is going to make less mistakes than Sam Donald. So I'm going to say Saints 31, Carolina 28. In the last one o'clock game, Denver at Jacksonville. Jacksonville had their just got taken to the woodshed against Houston last week. Denver took the Giants to the woodshed. And it's just interesting to see Denver start the year off two games in a row with uh, two road games uh, consecutively. Um, Jacksonville is a young team. Trevor Lawrence is a okay quarterback right now. He's going to, he's going to grow. He's going to get better, but right now he's just, an, he's just, a, he's just an okay quarterback. Uh, he has struggles last week against Houston I think Denver's defense is going to give them some more troubles. I think the Broncos will do just enough to win this game. It'll be a low-scoring game. I'm going to say Denver 24 and Jacksonville 21. All right. Let's go to the 405 and 425 games. Minnesota at Arizona. This is going to be entertaining. (laughs) This is going to be an entertaining game. I think Kirk Cousins is in trouble. (laughs) And Chandler Jones, five a five pack of sacks last week. I think he continues that trend. Um, Minnesota is going to have to depend on Dalvin Cook a lot. Uh, I think Arizona is going to win this game in a close. In a close it's going to be a close game. Uh, I'm going to say Minnesota. I'm going to say Arizona. Uh, Arizona is going to win this game twenty eight to twenty twenty eight twenty. Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Uh, take the Bucks. <laughs> Take the Buccaneers. Uh, Atlanta was putrid, putrid last week against the Eagles of all teams. Um, I think ten days off for the Buccaneers is going to do some good, especially with some older guys in that team, like a certain certain quarterback who is uh, who's fourteen. I think he's was it seventeen days older than me. <laughs> 
That's the only thing we have in co- Tom Brady and I have in common is that we share the same we we share the same uh, astrological sign. But no, Tampa, take Tampa. If you're a betting person, take Tampa and the points. Uh, Dallas at Chargers. Um, Chargers came out with a close win last week. Dallas took the Buccaneers to uh, took them to the end. Took it to the last two seconds of the game. Um, and didn't take, take, didn't take their first lead until late in the game. Um, this is going to be another close game for both teams, I think. Um, I think I'm going to take, but I'm, I think I'm going to take the the I'm going to take the Cowboys in this game. I think the Cowboys do just enough to win this game. I think it's going to be it's going to be twenty. I think it's going to be a 24-21 for Dallas. Tennessee at Seattle. Uh, Tennessee has the chance to get back on track after their just awful, awful game against against uh, Arizona. They're playing another NFC West team. I think defensively is going to give the Titans offense a lot of trouble. Uh, 12th man in Seattle is going to be a big difference. Loud field at it's going to be a loud stadium at Lumen Field. I'm going to say Seattle takes this game 30 to 13. And lastly, the night the nightcap. Kansas City at Baltimore. Another fun game. Kansas City, I think, takes this game. You know, Baltimore had the chance to, uh, to to win the game last Monday night and didn't take the chance. They, they just couldn't just couldn't uh, hold the ball long enough, and they couldn't. It just you know, for some reason they struggled against the Raiders. And they had a four and they had a fourteen nothing lead and they blew it. Uh, I guess Kansas City, what they're going to have to do, and this is my cheat code. Let me just say this. For any NFL team out there who's playing Kansas City, this is your cheat code. Run the ball. Run the ball. Win the possession game. You have to win the possession game against Kansas City because once Kansas City's offense gets in the field, and Cleveland, we saw this last game, last week in the Browns game, when the Chiefs beat the, beat the Browns, the Browns couldn't, keep the ball long enough on possession to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. And that was the big difference in last week's game. It's going to be the big difference in this week's game. Baltimore, Greg Roman, strong run game. Got to win the yeah, you got to win the run game. You got to win the possession game. Got to keep the Chiefs off the field. Uh it's going to be a low scoring affair. I think I think Baltimore do just enough to keep the ball off the field so the Chiefs won't score every time. Um but at the same time, the Chiefs are fast. They're a fast team. Speed kills. Speed kills. Uh, this is going to be a close game. Uh, I think the Chiefs will do just. Well, I think the Chiefs will do just enough to um, to win this game. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one, 31-28. In the Monday night game, nightcap on Monday night, Denver at Green Bay to the Packers. <laughs> Take the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is pissed. And a pissed off Aaron Rodgers is not good for any team that faces them. And they're playing the Lions. And I feel for the Lions. <laughs> uh, I think Rodgers passes for at least four touchdowns, has, four, has at least four touchdowns passing. I think the Packers defense will have a much better effort against the Lions because the Lions are the Lions. <laughs> So, and they played a played a good enough game. They played good last week against the Niners. I guess, I guess, the, yeah, against the Niners. But no, this is this is definitely it's a Monday night game on prime in prime time. Aaron Rodgers is going to be pissed off, and he's going to wind up throwing at least four touchdowns. And this is going to be a wash. I'm going to say a Packers thirty-eight, Detroit seventeen. And on that note, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Friday Happy Hour. Presented by Belly Up Sports in conjunction in, in association, excuse me, with Godzilla Media. Again, check out the socials: Twitter.com and Twitter, Instagram, Belly Up at Belly Up NCR, Facebook.com forward slash Belly Up Sports NCR, and on YouTube. No credentials required. Like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Leave a review. That'd be awesome. And until next time, I'm Ryan McCarthy. I've been your host. Cheers. Watch football. Relax. Be safe. Be responsible. Cheers, everyone. Music.
courtesy of Joseph McDade. Check him out and support his music at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required as a Belly Up Sports Podcast Network production in association with Godzilla Media. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.